to Harpen on Rugby. My name is Jeff Pagano, and this is the second of our preseason pods where we look at the squads of each of the four Irish provinces ahead of the 22-23 campaign. Joining me today to talk about Munster's prospects is someone making their debut on the pod. We've been following his blog and Twitter account for a while now, and we're delighted he agreed to come on and talk to us. Welcome to Mr. Kalon Scully. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Not too bad at all. We very much appreciate you coming on. No problem. Well, why don't we just start by, you know, just introducing yourself and tell us how you um, got into the whole writing, writing thing. Yeah, well, I suppose the through the Leaving Cert system and in Ireland with doing English, I always enjoyed writing. And listen, rugby is sports a great thing, isn't it? You know, so I kind of when I was on work experience from college, just got into writing. And you know what? I said I had a year, so I said I'll give it a whirl, see how I get on, and I I love it. But the the best part I think is, you know, just just the past few weeks I've been doing a, a fan view series, just looking at the URC and talking to different fans, meeting people from around the country. It's, I think that's the best part. That's the best part of sport, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's what we try to do here over the years. It's, um, it's the views of fans. I mean, you, you know, we, we the, the pundits are on the telly and they're, they're giving their views, but we, we buy the jerseys, we buy the tickets, we go to the game, we live through every game. We're, you know, we're, we're not trying to say we know everything, but um, we were definitely entitled to an opinion and, uh, and it's important and it does help drive, uh, it does help move the game along by getting a sense of what fans are saying. And um, if you want to check out, by the way, all, all the links to his uh, Twitter account and his blog are there in the program notes. Okay, so we're here today to talk about Munster and um, their their uh, prospects going into the new season. And you know, before before we go into the squad, uh, just tell us a bit about the couple of preseason matches you had. We're kind of jealous here in Leinster. Um, we had a we, in our last pod we had an Ulster Ulster uh, fan on uh, talking about them, and they had a home uh, preseason match. And you've had a couple of mm-hmm. home preseason matches there against Gloucester and London Irish. And um, just but just. Tell us how they went from an overview, not just the results, but uh, how they went in terms of uh, players and how they. Yeah, played. I think, I suppose you always talk about home home games, and everything. Munster actually start with three two away games, both in both in Wales. I think the big thing is going down to Cork, giving the lads a chance on the the fresh the the fast turf, and I think that was probably one of the big things. You know, we looked at that. The first game was actually against Gloucester, and to fall, I think I have it here. They were twenty one nil down at half time. You know that's that's just that's that's not good enough. It doesn't matter if it's preseason day one. It's we're all in the same track. We're all in the same boat. I, I do think you know we kind of got into the flow of that game after a while. I think the second half was much better. Won the second half like nineteen nineteen five or something like that. It's much better. And you know I noted at the time you know Paddy Patterson off the bench, Jack Crowley. You know they got a bit of life into the team. But then you go out this the next week against London Irish. That's the same thing. So there is that little bit of worry, but I actually, I went over, popped over to Athlone to see Connacht play Sale, uh, the same night Munster played Gloucester. And I suppose you, you do have to take that pinch of salt when you step back. Everyone's in the same boat. No one's a finished article. Like that game had two tries, I think it was. And it was pretty, pretty boring at times, pretty typical Sale, you could say. But that's, I, I think, maybe not reading too much into it. Two defeats, yes. Two losses at home, yes. But at the same time, they blooded something like 45 players. Alex Handel did get injured. That is, that is a huge worry. But to blood 45 players, yeah, there was defeats. But there was, I think it's more about the performance this early. Like it's it's not even, we're still seven days to go, you know, yeah. from the season. Like, Yeah, and um, I mean, you're... 
you're also, you're, you're getting to, it's a whole new coaching setup. Um, I mean, it, you know, it's, it, he was uh, assistant, Graham was assistant before, but I mean, it, you know, taking the reins is, it's a, it's a whole new thing. He's able to pose himself. He's, he's brought in some, some new people, some exciting new names coming on. Mike Prendergast is a brilliant get. Um, he's, he's a, he's a, he's an amazing coach done really well over in France. And um, it's, you know, it's, it, you know, it's going to take a while for them to get, to know the players and there's a couple of ins and outs on the personnel front as well. But uh, I suppose they just want to get a look at the wider squad over those couple of matches. So it's kind of more important that they, that they, that they get everyone to run. But all that said, results are results. And, you know, uh, those preseason matches, they, they, they don't matter when you lose, but they, they, you love the wins kind of thing. Yeah, I suppose, exactly. Right? And yeah. yeah. If you start, like if you start with two wins, we're all sitting here with centuries, something's brewing. But it's two defeats, and you're just thinking, ah, you know, Cardiff is is not a famous stomping ground for Munster. We've struggled there over in the Welsh capital. So I, I would prefer two wins. Of course I would. But I think if you're Graham Roundtree, if you're in his shoes, you're thinking, let's see what Prendy's doing. Let's see what Leems is doing. Let's see what Kiriaki's doing. And let's see what the likes of Ruan Quinn, Edwin Adogbo, you know, guys who made their debuts, let's see what they can do because we know now probably no point going back over it again, but that emerging Ireland tour that's going to take place, that is going to impact Munster in some way. How much we don't know, like Zebra is one of those games. If we can't beat Zebra at home, forget about it, you know. But it's, I think it's, it is about looking at the players, seeing what's working. And one of my takeaways, I suppose, from that, um, from that first game against Gloucester in particular was, you know, Patterson and Crowley, I mentioned. Same a bit against London Irish, but when they came on, little bit more sniping around the edges, a little bit more pace. That's what we need to see under Frendergast. Like we can't be going back. We can't be going back to being turgid, you know, play it safe. I'm all about safe rugby. You know, we don't need to run it from a five meter line. We need to have a cut at teams as well though, you know, and I think that's what Frendergast would want. And maybe that's what the young lads, I'll refrain from any language, but they, <laughs> that's the boost that they need to give the likes of Conor Murray, Ben yeah. Lee, Joey Carberry, even the Roy Scannells and Chris Farrells of this world, they need to kick them out of the, off the starting place, you know, and just, right, we're here now. You know, that's, that's what's most important in these early games. Again, it's about what can we do when we're, when we're under that bit of pressure, when it's the young lads, when they have to step up. They stepped up against Toulouse. They stepped up against um, Ulster. And, like, they, they need to do it again. But now they're doing under a different coaching team different attack, different environment. Definitely. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it'd be all to play for. Well, what we'll do now maybe is have a look at the, the, the wider squad. Um, what I'm asking my guests to do when they come on is uh, maybe look at the, maybe the depth chart and all the positions, but then assuming all the players are fit, uh, pick, if you had to pick your best team, your best starting 15 right now, just, uh, just let me know. But yeah, I mean, go through some of the options as well, maybe yeah. for all the positions, but what, what, what 15 did you put out there? Maybe starting with the backs going 15 to nine. I, I always prefer the old one to eight. Oh, hey, listen, listen, go, go the way you want. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, just, I'm, I'm old school, you know. Yeah, but, no, no, uh, that's good. That's good. Whatever um, works. I'll word my words carefully here because I don't want to be rude. I'm not Niles Gallon's biggest fan, and I, I'll be upfront about that. But he went to New Zealand and he was very, very good, hmm. you know, and that's that's the boost he might need. You know, he hasn't played for Ireland since, I'm going to say, the New Zealand game in the quarterfinal. So maybe that's just what we need. Um, so I went with him alongside Kilcoyne and Keenan Knox. Knox is a fantastic scrummager, but does he have 18, 20, 25, 30 games a season in him? You know, that's that's the worry. Behind them then, Tyburn, 
Lion, Argus, Nyman, World Cup winner. I don't need to say anymore, do I? You know, and then um, O'Mahony, Coombs. And I like Jack O'Donoghue. I like John Odnett. I like John Klein. But I, I went with Alex Candela. The boy, the boy's a real deal. Mm-hmm. Like, he really is. And, you know, you, you go on about um, clickbait and all these things. You can say it here. Alex Candela is going to be an Ireland international. He could be an Ireland captain. Yeah. Like, he's, he's that good. Coombs... We've heard he's taken a knock. Um, that's a worry. But alongside Pete, Kendall and Hodnett's there, or Dunn, who's there. Okay, okay, maybe we see him this year, Jack O'Sullivan. I think the back row is always a good place for Munster. But that that is that is good. They haven't signed anyone there. Kendall has obviously come up from from Academy, but that is really where I can't I can't say it again. If Munster if Munster are gonna do Anthem, it's gonna come from that front eight. They're not the biggest. They need to be the smartest. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when we were talking about Ulster in the week, I was we were talking about players like James Hume and and and, and Doak. Um, and I just say that those youngsters coming up, what I like about them is that their confidence uh, coming into the thing. I think that comes from maybe success from the under-20s a bit as well. They've, they've, they've done well there. But even when they were playing for them, they showed this confidence. Um, this year we had James Colhan as well. All these players, they're playing with such um, – belief in themselves and they're 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 coming to the top level ready to go and Kandelan is definitely one of those players and he's he's just uh, you you know he's this could be his year to break into the team so you can totally see him in that starting pack yeah 100% and you know like Finian Witchley it feels like he's had a chance but now he may need to look from the outside in if Argus Simon's there and possibly with Knox he may need another year as hard and all as that is because God, Munster fans get frustrated seeing Stephen Archer talking out 20 times a season. You know, he's he's been a great servant, don't get me wrong, but we do need to move on and succession plan. But speaking of Kendall and the young lads and young lads who grab a game with a scruff the neck, I really want to see Craig Casey in there, but I love Conor Murray. <laughs> you know, so it is, it is tough, but I just think with Casey, in particular, at that extra game, he didn't get much of a chance. He did in the first game and he did well. And I think he he always he always brings something. He brings something different, you know. And I knew too earlier the sniping around the edges, the, the quick ball, just that that little half a second. We see it with Ireland, we see it with Gibson Park. Every half second makes a huge difference. And I think if he can grab onto that jersey a year out from a World Cup or in a World Cup season, what well, maybe we're having a conversation before um Paris against South Africa where we're saying Craig Casey has to be on the bench. You know, that's that's this this is the this the spectrum we look through a World Cup season in because Casey, Kendellan, um, these guys have to put their name up, not only on the red shirt, but also on the green shirt. They they want to be there. And I think Casey alongside Carberry under Prendergast, I think that could be that could be a staple. You talk about in soccer making a big move early on. That could be the one by bringing in Casey alongside Joey Carberry. So you're starting, you have Casey at nine. I have, yeah. Okay. I really want to go Connor Murray. Don't yeah. get me wrong, because Connor is, in my opinion, Munster's best nine ever. Mm-hmm. But you look at what Prendergast did at Racing, and he had Russell and Zebo, Beal, uh, Teddy Thomas. These last don't play off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it's not, listen, Andrew Conway, if I put a high ball up there, I'm going to back him to win it nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. But that's not how Munster are winning games. We know that now. 
we know that we need that spark. We almost need Trump to lose, but we didn't. You know, you could say we almost beat Leinster, but, but we, we didn't even come close to that. And that's these are the margins we we're talking about. We need something different. I'm not critical. I'm not critical of Connor. I'm not saying Craig Casey's greatest thing ever. But in two years' time, will we be saying Craig Casey has to start? I think we will. And I think we could be saying that in January. Uh, okay, so that's Casey Casey at nine and, and you go with Joey at 10. I go with Joey, yeah. yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Joey. Like, I just think I was there in Thomond when we beat Exeter. And there's just something... As Like, I love all sport. I love golf. It's like when Rory or Tiger just get in the zone. And when Joey Carberry gets in the zone, he's just so nice to watch. And I'd, lo- I'd love to say again, going back to Prendergast, I'm, I'm building up Prendergast to be the, the, the Messiah here, but he could get Joey Carberry taken. Yep. And if he does, we know how good Joey is. Um, but then outside him then, I've actually gone with Chris Farrell as a 12 and you're just thinking, Jesus, you know, like it's, Chris Farrell is a great player. He's a brilliant defender. Is he a great 12 or 13? Do we have a great 12? I don't think we do. Maybe Antoine Friche can do that. He's one of the new guys. Has his Fekitoa who he has to start. We're not, you know, we're not bringing a World Cup winner to sit him on the bench. If I'm to go Fekitoa or Farrell, my own rugby philosophy is get, the man who can get into space, into more space. And that's Fekitoa. So put him in the 13 channel. And I've often said Farrell as a 12 could be, could be interesting because he has lacked a bit of pace. We've seen it against Ulster. Mm. Not qualifying. He does lack that bit of pace on the turn. Maybe if we push him into 12, you just not protect him because he's, he's a very competent defender, but just help him out a small bit. And he's, he's a good distributor. He can make, go for a ball, can get offloads. He's, Bit of that, um, as we used to say back in the day, back in the day, the extra wing forward mm-hmm. in the back line because yep. he's a big man. So, although it might seem like boring monster rugby again, going with a big man at 12, as opposed to you know, you could say Roy Scannell is the kick in the pass and whatever. I think Farrell and Fekitoe would be on my centers, okay. And then on the wings, you can't drop Keith Earls, mm-hmm. you can't drop Andrew Conway, you can't drop Simon Zebo, and you can't drop Mike Haley. Or <laughs> the train doesn't go. I will say it's a bit of a worry. We don't know what's behind them because they are four international players. Munster's top try scorer, Ireland's second top try scorer. Um, Andrew Conway gave us that moment against Toulon. <laughs> I don't know what records he has, but he gave us that moment against Toulon. He's a fantastic player. And Mike Haley is like Hugo Keenan, like Rob Carney. He's just Mr. Dependable. So I've gone with Conway on the right and Earls on the left. I still think you look at that quarterfinal when everything was going horribly, when you wanted to turn off the television against Ulster because it was awful. Who stood up? Keith Earls. You look at that game against Toulouse, 100 or 105 minutes or five minutes to go in the game, Munster kick long. Who's the one leading the kick chase? Keith Earls. He goes down with cramp afterwards. He's not going down with cramp beforehand. And you look at Roundtree and Roundtree looks, there's heart, there's dog, there's he's going to tap into that emotional energy. Keith Earls is that man. And as much as I love Simon Zebo, it's there in Thomond when he scored that try opening day of the season. There was 8,000 people there. There could have been 80. Everyone loves Simon Zebo, But, and there is a big but, I just think Earls is still ahead of him. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why Andy Farrell's gone back to Earls. There's a reason why Joe Schmidt always went back to Earls. He is reliable. 
He's an incredible try scorer and he's a leader. Mm-hmm. So back three, Earls, Conway, Haley. I'm putting Zebo on the bench. It's not the greatest move, but well, see, that's the thing when you've got four players like that like, to go in three positions. You end. Up, I mean, it's yeah. you don't want to, no, no player wants to be a great 23, but that 23 jersey is is a really important one. Uh, it can help you turn a match, and um, it's exactly. a good complaint to have. Yeah, yeah. And Zebo, like, listen, the man could score a try in two yards of space. Like he's. He does great things. And I really think, I actually think if this was two years earlier, and this is nothing, I know Zebo's weight and his fitness has always been talked about, probably unfairly to a degree. But we've seen it um Heineken final 2020 against Exeter. Russell and Zebo were just brilliant at 10 and 15. And I'd love to see them do that. But then again, you can't drop Mike Haley. If you do drop Mike Haley, he goes out of the 23. He's too good to go out of the 23 because you can't put him at number 23. Mm. I talked about philosophy there earlier. I am not going with a 6-2 slick. Like, I'm just not doing it. And I just think Zebo brings that spark off the bench. And Munster don't have that many spark players. They don't have the, the X factor or the Z factor too often. And listen, it's, it's tight calls and it's great to have that, I suppose, those decisions, those tight, tight decisions to make. But it's just toss of a coin. I'm back in Earl's. Conway is nailed on for me. And I'm back in Haley, and I'm leaving out Zebo. Very good. Well, that's a great that's a great fifteen there. It'll be very it'll be very interesting to see. I mean, it always is when a new coaching regime comes in. Um, you want to get a sense of their overall philosophy, how they want to play, and of course that'll greatly affect who they select and stuff. And you, you know, preseason games with all the chopping and change, like you say, they used a whole lot of players. You wouldn't have really gotten a sense of um, of how how they how they get on, but it's it'll be we'll see how that that comes up and when when the the season kicks off next week. And of course, why don't we move on to that now? Um, and you you mentioned earlier the uh, the opening matches for Munster. Now we're talking about uh, you know coming off a season where. Um, you know, you got as far as you did in the um, in the Heineken Cup. It was disappointing, very very close against Toulouse um, to, to to get into the to get into a semi final, um, and then in the URC things didn't go. You know, you ended up in the quarter final. So you obviously looking to improve on that this season. But in in terms of overall overall goals for the season, what what do you think Munster are looking at? I think okay. So last year, sixth place, lost a quarter final in the URC. And quarterfinals, I'll, I'll say draw. We, we drew a quarterfinal yeah, exactly. and got knocked out against um, Toulouse. I think the same again is a good job because, you know, Keith Earls possibly leaving at the end of the season, possibly Peter Manny's last season. I haven't heard, Anthony. That's not insider information at all. Mm-hmm. And there's a good few contracts up again because COVID and it rumbles on you know, um, that headache for the RFU. So I think if they stay with that, if they get to another quarterfinal, the URC, semifinal maybe, and another European quarterfinal, European qualification is a minimum though. It is top eight or bust. Like I, I'm not going to disrespect Connacht, for instance, who are in the Challenge Cup. It's a good competition for blood and players like the Europa League and soccer. But Munster rugby is Heineken Cup rugby and we have to get back there. Do you know? So that is that is the bare minimum. And I talk about this in I, I did a power rankings about two weeks ago and I said that Munster have to be in at least seventh place because right now you're thinking the Welsh will miss out in the top eight so we're thinking at least at least top seven for Munster we were in touch and distance of top four last year but then you know nine away games last year three wins six losses 
And I know it's tough in the interpros where we went three and three, but like you you have to change that way of record. Can't be all Tom Park factor. Can't be all Musgrave. That's that's a big thing for me because this year we've got we've got Cardiff, we've got Dragons, we have Edinburgh, we have Stormers and Sharks, which is geez, that is a tough like the last two games of the season. That's really tough. And then the three Irish provinces. I don't know where those away wins are going to come from, but we need more than three, and that's that's the reality of it. Because realistically, if Munster play Leinster at full strength, Leinster win. Both times, if Munster and Ulster, it's always a big, it's strength. always a big if, though, isn't it? Because it's, it's it is hard to Absolutely. get full strength between those two. We'd love to, but it just never, it never seems to pan out. Yeah, and that's on Stevens' day in Thomond. Mm. And but last time on the World Cup year, Stevens' day, Thomond Park, we all remember Munster won the Carby Sexton thing. The you know James Lowe red card it was a fantastic occasion, great win for Munster. But like when you talk about the fine, fine margins, there was only a couple of points between. 7th and 11th I think it was now some of that is because top 8 was secured but 6th, 7th and 8th lost and ninth, 10th and 11th won in the table last year for Munster you know you talk about points accumulation we can score tries we can beat the poor teams can we do it against the interprovincials I think we can get a an average record which which we'll do Just it just boils down for me those away games have to just can't be slipping up like it's it's the URC, it's the best league for a reason. You know, it's it's so tight. And if I was to put my neck on the line, I'd be saying another quarterfinal in both competitions because I look at those South African teams and you just think, you look at Etzebeth coming in as Sharks and we each play them the last day of the season. Like, that's scary. <laughs> like, there's well, no- that's the key because, I mean, the, what we learned last season was, I mean, it was our first, everyone was saying it was the first year for the South African size, but it was the first experience for us to get used to them. And um, and the way it, the way the season developed, they, they, were, they were relatively poor in the early stages, but they really came roaring. They got good at the business end of the season, as we all saw by the way that yeah. the, the, the final panned out. So now the teams have to be ready for that. There's a block of seven games. Everyone's got a straight run of seven games to start the season. And for particularly for um, any any club like maybe the provinces or anyone who thinks they've got a they want to get a home quarter final at the very least. That's when you've got to rack up the points. You mentioned Cardiff Dragons and Zebra. Those are games when if you if you have those expectations, you need to be getting the points. So it's not a situation where you've got a new coach and staff coming in and they're going, well, you know, we'll take a while to bet things in. They have to hit the ground running and 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 start start getting the points in from, from the kickoff. Absolutely. And you just you said there it's seven games to start and have it here. So it's Cardiff away, Dragons away, Zebra at home, Connacht away, Bulls at home. First game in Thorn Park, a very good Bulls team. Leinster away in the Aviva, not our favourite stomping ground. And Ulster at home, last game before the Interpro or before the November Internationals. You're looking there, you're thinking four wins, three defeats wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But can you afford that third defeat early on the season as well? Like Munster went four and four in Europe group stages last year. I think they got something like they had two two bonus point wins anyway. That's that's great, and it needs to happen in the URC as well. You know, it can't be just all Europe. And like again, stick my neck on the line. Cardiff, we've a bad record over there. Dragons, I actually think Dragons could come in under the radar this year. They're not going to push top eight, but I don't think there'll be a team that Munster bet by sixty points last year in the freezing cold where you couldn't move, never mind throw the ball around. Zebra, I mean, again, if we don't beat Zebra, Connacht in their first home game of the season in the new pitch. 
in October, like a full month into the season, we've played Connacht. Like that's going to be tough. It always is. Home games in the URC in Thoman Park. Our first game at home against the Bulls. Yeah, I, I think we, we should win. If, if we're a good team, we should win. Going to Viva then after that, Leinster a better team, like, let's be honest. So they should do it there. And then at home to Ulster. I don't know how good Ulster are, to be honest. I'm not not being critical, but there is a sense of McFarland's conservatism maybe not signing to boost the actual 23. So I think those seven games, five wins. Five, like, we, we need five wins. Mm. And the first three... It's the Cardiff game. It's it's like I probably I've overused soccer now, but a friend of mine's an Arsenal fan. He's like, we can do well, but providing we win the first game, which is against Palace, because they had a bad record against them. We've a bad record against Cardiff. Mm. We can get a monkey off our back straight out the door by beating them. We don't know if the game will go ahead. We don't know what the story is with um, teams or you know will Falatau play, Liam Williams play, but that block of games. Yeah, we'd love to see at the business end of the season. It's a bit choppy changey now, but have to come out, have to get those wins. We have we have to win five of those first seven games. Otherwise, we might be maybe not on the back foot, you know, maybe, maybe not outside the top eight or anything, not with not with four wins. Like it's not gonna be the case, but we'll definitely feel like the other challengers of Leinster, Ulster, Bulls, Stormers, Sharks, we might be looking in the outside of them. And that that wouldn't be great. Yeah, because it's I mean it's a it is a long season. It, it always has been in the URC, but uh, I mean it's not as bad as the top fourteen, which kind of st- starts it starts before the last season ended almost it seems. Uh, but um, but the URC, but it, because of that dynamic of the South African teams, when you know they're you we you, you all know they're going to get better as the season goes on. So where you're standing um, in in October, it, it doesn't doesn't necessarily going to translate to a top eight finish in in, in May. So um, it does give that extra pressure the first seven games so it's going to be exciting so so uh, it's a lot to look forward to in this first few weeks so we'll, we'll see how we'll see how graham gets on and um what kind of team he puts out there but uh, listen um uh, Cal, we're gonna we're gonna leave it there that's brilliant thanks Perfect. very much for now um many mm-hmm. thanks for joining me best of luck to yourself for the season we'll hope to talk to you again soon likewise and hopefully leinster go well but not not too well that's the same in reverse for me. <laughs> Thanks very Perfect. much. Perfect. So that so that's it for now. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, keep an eye on our feed as on our next pod, it'll be Leinster's turn to go under the spotlight with Connor to follow a couple of days later. As always, be sure to enjoy your rugby wherever you are. We'll talk to you soon. Stay safe, everyone. Slon.